0: Welcome back. If you missed the first episode, basically what this is, is that I'm taking some ideas that are spanning across philosophical concepts that can be applicable as well in the world of physical development. Most of these ideas seem to hatch in the gym, and they develop to a certain level. And then what I've been finding is helpful is Recording them while driving around in my car from the gym to wherever I have to go or sometimes just driving around for the sake of driving around and when I record it and listen back then the ideas are able to develop a little bit more clearly and now that I've done that with a few of the ideas I'm trying to put them into a little bit more of an organized form although the downside to doing it this way is that it loses a little bit of the spirit of what I'm trying to accomplish. But the payoff is that it's a little bit more accessible and maybe a little bit more coherent. So last time when I finished up, I had come up with sort of a model and it was a pyramid. And this is sort of how I broke down all the different elements that I figured would be useful. These were the sort of basic elements that I thought could be applicable to both physical and mental development. Now, if you remember, I was struggling a lot on the second one, and to a certain level, I think I cracked it, but it came from a very unexpected source. What had happened was I was drawn to the idea of the yin and the yang, which is a an idea that has meant sort of more and more to me as the years have gone on, and I looked into the origin of it, and it turns out it comes from Taoism, or Taoism, I believe is the proper pronunciation. I didn't know much about this, I didn't know much about their philosophies, so I really delved into it. I mean, I jumped in with both feet trying to soak up as much as I could, and what I found astounded me. And I think this idea, this missing component, showed up there in a certain sense. So where I was struggling at the time, at the end of the last episode, was that I thought maybe there was a step in between self-awareness and humility. Something that could help us to know where to go. Because the way I see it is that self-awareness tells us where we are. Humility tells us, or sorry, humility allows us to learn what we need to know. But just knowing where we are isn't enough to get moving down a good path. We need to somehow know where we want to go. And, and that key element was bothering me. So one of the ideas I learned about in Taoism is the concept of, I think it's called De, or spelled T-E pronounced D-E. The closest English translation is virtue, but the funny thing is it's not virtue in the sense that we think of it in English, it's not about compassion, although As I said before, that is a component I want to talk about. It also incorporates integrity, which is another component I mentioned. And also it's about striving towards excellence. So this is where I thought it became applicable, because this drive to strive towards excellence. Also, I did mention... And I do think about it a lot, ambition and drive. I think that's something important. This idea of de or virtue in Taoist terms seems to incorporate a lot of those things. So there's a lot of crossover. I'm still not 100% certain that it's how I want to view this on my own pyramid. Maybe my own pyramid needs to be torn down and rethought. The thing is, the idea behind me breaking up these levels of competence was to help sort of build idea upon idea. Whereas this de idea is dozens of ideas within one idea. Looking it up simply in Wikipedia, I think there's about 20 different definitions for this word, at least 20 different English words that could apply to it. So before I go too much farther, I don't want this to be completely about Taoism, today's episode, but there were certainly a lot of things that I learned that I want to develop over time. One of the ideas came from, I, in the last week, I've read about three books on uh, Taoism. And one of them, I haven't finished it yet, but I started it and it was called uh, The the Pooh and the Tao or something like that. It was taking an interesting approach of trying to teach the principles of Taoism using Winnie the Pooh characters. And one one of them that struck me is it talked about the character of Owl and his sort of role in the whole thing. And He's sort of the wise old man that stands back, accumulates knowledge, almost for the sake of appearing wise, but has no life experience and doesn't put these things into practice. And because of that, a lot of his practical wisdom is simply not there and he'll give bad advice, good intentions, thinking he'll use his book knowledge... And he'll say things to appear smart, even though he hasn't got any practical knowledge. So this I found quite interesting, the the idea that we don't want to be that person who accumulates knowledge just for the sake of knowledge, as opposed to the person who accumulates knowledge for the betterment of not just themselves, but others. And I guess it struck me because in a sense, that's one of the things... I wanted to do with this audio series is I wanted to for one thing I wanted to get myself out of the books because I'd been studying you know kinesiology and physiology and biology philosophy psychology all these kind of things mostly on my own also through uh, various institutions and various programs that I'm involved with But I wanted to kind of get out of the books a little bit. I wanted to explore ideas in my mind and then put it out there for other people to hopefully get something from as well. So, in a sense, I think it just reassured me that my approach is hopefully a good one. Another interesting observation I had about Taoism before I move on is the main book is called The Tao Te Ching, which is called The Book of the Way. I found it interesting that the way, it's something that I think can be related to the concept I was initially speaking of and thinking of when I began this project. I referred to it as a path, the path of where you are and where you want to go. So it was just interesting to me that they view it as the way now. To carry it a little bit further, the Tao is considered by Taoists to be something that's not definable, which seems like an odd concept. But I think what they're trying to suggest with that is that because my path and your path won't be the same, to try to reduce it to a definition... Will take away from what from the potential of what it can become. It's a bit of an abstract idea, but I know there's there is something within Taoist philosophy of not spending too much time, ironically, um, trying to rationalize things to the point where you lose the the potential of what something can be. Actually, I almost forgot, there was another f- concept that I found to be quite uh, profound in the uh, Taoist philosophy. There's going to be a lot of them, but one of them was the I- this idea that everything in nature has a certain level of intelligence. Now, this is defining intelligence as... The ability to flourish under optimal circumstances. So it made me think that this might actually be an interesting way to reconceptualize the idea of physical training because the idea is to make ourselves flourish. So rather than thinking of it in terms of pushing iron, moving weight from point A to point B, what if we think about this in terms of trying to create the optimal environment for us to physically flourish? And as I began to think about that, it occurred to me that this can also be applied to diet. Because what we consume is essentially part of our physical environment. It becomes part of us. And as I was thinking about that a lot, funny enough, I actually began to notice a shift in my own behavior. In that I was I stopped craving the typical kind of junk foods that I often do crave. I started thinking about my uh, my body as this environment that I'm trying to make, that I'm trying to optimize and really started thinking more about giving my body good resources via diet. So this turned into another principle that I think has demonstrated usefulness. And of course, the yin and the yang, pushing, pulling. I like the idea that things are the same and yet not the same, and these opposites make a whole. Rest versus Exercise can be another one of those. This can be applicable in so many different areas of our life that it seems to be a universal truth. This can easily be applied using the concept of reciprocal inhibition in which you're training opposite or antagonist muscles together in the same pairing. So, for example, you might superset a bench press with some kind of wide grip row type thing. So you're moving muscles in opposite directions. And in fact, it's been shown in some studies to create more strength for both of the muscles. So both your, in this case, both your back and your chest. Anecdotally, I will say that it has proven effective. I have been able to do more weight It's uh, as the session went on where I should be declining in strength I was actually increasing within one session so I think there is something to it okay I think I'm going to wrap this up now just to leave you with something somewhat practical I'll just go through my current training protocol that might be interesting to you so currently what I'm doing is somewhat research-based, I figured I might as well at least train with uh, what the latest studies have shown to be the most effective. Certainly while while, uh, continuing to sort of experiment with my body. The first one being to do with the amount of volume over the week as well as frequency. So it seems that if the number of overall sets is kept the same there's more benefit in splitting that up two to even preferably three times per week funny enough there was some similar research I just came across and if I can actually refind it again I'll link the source for you but basically, what it suggests is that the first set you do to all-out failure, it does it's somewhere around eighty-five percent of your the, the benefits as compared to the remaining sets. So basically, you would be better off training every body part once per week. Well, not better off, but if you train train them a second time per week, then the results are significantly diminished. In other words, you're looking at an extra somewhere between five to maybe 10% benefit. So in terms of trying to maximize it, it seems to make sense to do a split routine where you can split it up such that you train every body part about three times per week. So that's what I'm doing, and I'm doing it by having a three-day split repeated twice with one day off. And the split I'm doing is, I kind of alluded to it before, it's the reciprocal inhibition type thing. So what I'm doing is... Day one is chest and back, and specifically it's rowing type movements. The second day is legs, so that's going to be both quads and hams. And I also do arms, biceps, triceps, that day as well. And then the third day, it's a little bit loosey-goosey, I am doing, I'm trying to fill out my back with that day, so I'll do some trap work. I'll maybe do some pull down some days I also do all my shoulder work on that day so I'll repeat it twice and what I'm doing is I'm alternating one day heavier weights the next day not light weights but more moderate weights and additionally uh, what I'm trying to do is I don't do any two sets at the same time rep range work sets and again that has to do with this idea that because the first set is where you get the majority of the benefits rather than doing a second set for the same with the same weight for the same amount of repetitions whatever instead I'll change it so basically every single set is in a different rep range and so for example on the strength training days that will be somewhere between four to six reps usually. So I might do three sets of uh, a movement. It'll be four sets, five sets, six sets, something like that. Or reps, I mean. And then on the more volume days, I'll go as high as 20 reps and down to 10 or 12. When I'm cutting, I also do cardio. Uh, as my second session of the day which means i'm in the gym a lot so uh till next time i think next time i'm going to talk a bit about this idea called the zone of proximal development um there was a few other things swirling around my mind that i didn't have a chance to get to today so see you next time